Applications for the Techstars Tech Central Sydney Accelerator Class of 2024 are closing on the 22nd of May. I'm Kirsten Hunter, the Managing Director of Techstars Sydney, and I'm looking for diverse and unstoppable founders who are using technology to solve the world's biggest problems to join this Accelerator cohort. The 12 successful businesses will get access to our 13-week mentor-driven accelerator, $120,000 US investment, and access to the Techstars network for life. Head to our Accelerator webpage to learn more and to apply. When you love something so much, you know, I have to work really hard on my money mindset. It is amazing that I get to earn a great income doing what I do, but at times I'm like, oh, I do it for free because I love it so much, you know. Hi, and welcome to day one the show for regional startups and the organizations that support them. I'm Adam Spencer, and today I'll be sharing with you the story of Naomi Finlay. Hey everyone, I'm Naomi Finlay and the founder of NaomiFinlay.com, where I get the pleasure of creating amazing spaces, inspiring others to do it, and then teaching them how. Naomi is a remarkably hardworking woman with a ridiculous amount of active projects, all of which aim to position her as Australia's queen of property renovation and home styling. She has a digital video series, Renovi, hosted on YouTube with nearly 200 episodes and approaching 2,000 subscribers. She has a blog and hosts a weekly podcast, Reno Radio. She has appeared on TV shows including Channel 9's Location, Lifestyle Living and Channel 10's The Home Team. She created an app, Rapid Renomate, designed to make home renovation a breeze. She has designed and runs courses and workshops to assist people in many facets of renovating, styling, and selling their home. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. The list goes on and on. Perhaps even more remarkable is that creating beautiful spaces was not the first career path Naomi chose for herself. In fact, Naomi is Dr. Naomi Finlay, PhD, and in a previous life worked for around 15 years in radiation oncology in Australia and around the world. To learn why Dr. Finlay would completely overhaul her career in pursuit of a new life, first we need to go back to day one and hear the story of how two conversations with two mentor figures spaced a decade apart would end up sending Naomi down two very different how did amazing spaces enter your mind like what at what point did you start to get attracted to the idea of of beautiful spaces and creating the spaces around us if i'm totally frank with you it was always there oh really yeah it was always there i was that kid that painted their furniture that rearranged the tupperware cupboard I was always like that and I was always really arty and I loved, you know, tech drawing at school, woodwork at school, art at school. And then in year 11, I had a meeting with my careers advisor and he was a voluptuous middle-aged man and he, he literally said to me, Naomi, I don't know what you're thinking. Smart girls like you don't do art, they do science. And then, so my HSC comprised of extended physics, extended chemistry, extended math, extended English, and then I end up in a science career. Isn't that incredible? How One conversation, literally, hey. Why did you, there might not be a good answer to this, but why do you think you listened to him? 
I listened to him because I was a rule follower. I was brought up really conservatively, um, really conservatively. I, my parents, my parents are absolute rock stars. Hey, they're salt of the earth, blue collar workers. Like they're amazing, and I had everything I wanted as a kid. Not as in. You know, I'm sure I wanted another Barbie or something, but I could not have dreamt of a better upbringing now that I'm a parent. Like I look back and I go, wow, mum, wow, dad, like you smashed it. You did good. Because um, realistically, most of the stuff that I know and I do, my mum and dad taught me. Mum taught me to sew and knit and crochet. Dad taught me to do a grease and oil change on my car and how to frame a room and you know, like they taught me everything I know. So why did I listen? I think I listened because somewhere deep inside of me, my really conservative upbringing was like, that's right. I am a really clever kid. And so I should use that. You know, I should, I should use the most of my talents. And I guess I didn't value the t my talent, my innate talent like I do now. I know it does not look like I'm a rule follower right now where we're sitting, but I was a crazy, crazy rule follower at school. I did all the things that, you know, mum and dad asked and I did well in my HSC. I went to school, studied um, medical science, medical radiation science. And then I worked in radiation oncology for around 15 years in Australia and around the world. I came back, you know, did the good girl stuff, got married, had babies, started my PhD, and then I went from working clinically to teaching at uni in medical radiation science and then went, wow, I'm really young. Like I remember being 28 and looking at all these professors and ASPROFs all around me and going, oh, they're my next steps. You know, as a senior lecturer, I was like, wow, my next step is associate professor. Well, I look like that when I become one. <laughs> like I just, it freaked me out. I was only... You know, I think I was 28 or 29, at which point I remember having a really pivotal conversation with another lecturer and he used to call me Gnomes. He goes, Gnomes, what do you want in life? And I went, oh my gosh, John was his name. John, all I want in life is I just want to create amazing spaces. And he looked at me and he went, we'll just go do it. And I'm like, I can't, I'm throwing away everything. Oh my God, I studied so hard. What will my parents think? What will people think? And then he went, I can't believe you care. And I went, oh, and that started everything. I then studied design whilst I was still teaching and then started up my own business. And then as soon as I could afford to, I left one career and started in another. How, how important do you think that advice was from John to say, just, just do it? Oh, it was epic. It was, it was, um, it was permission. You know, it was permission from someone I respected, someone who knew me well, and someone who, interestingly, on reflection, and I've never said or thought this before, but he was a very conservative man, similar to what my dad is. Right. And so if I think about it, it's kind of like a younger version of my dad going, well, why not? You know, why not do it? You can do it. Just go do it. You know, which is, I guess, that level of permission on a subconscious level is quite powerful. Um, so what was that next step after that conversation with John? So that next step was because I am a rule follower going, cool, what do I need to do then? What are the qualifications I need? Where do I need to learn? What do I need to learn? What courses do I need to study? What do I need to put in place? How can I break down everything I've got on right now 
plan it out and then rebuild a better version of me. I had two kids at the time um, and during that time when I was studying, um, I then became a single mum and so it was like, how do I blend that? So 28, John says, go and do it. You go and do it. Be very, you break everything down and then you go and study design. Correct. Whilst being a single mum at the time. Yes. And, and still working. Lecturing. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk, how did you feel at that point in time? Like that seems like a lot. You, it is, yes, it is a lot, but you know, I, I, I do subscribe a little bit sometimes to my detriment. My close friends might say that there is always enough time. There truly is always enough time. Yeah. It is really how you picture time, you know, and, and how you manage it and, and whether you fear it, whether you embrace it, there is always enough time. And do, I don't know if it was an Olympic motto once, I don't know, but I do believe that if there's truly enough will, there is always a way. So, so was it that degree, that was was that the only thing stopping you from, was it, the, was it having a degree, the no. thing? No, so I didn't actually get a degree in design. I only got a diploma. Ah, right, okay. Um, which was one of my sticking points for my in my head. Because yeah. I'm like, well, you have a PhD in medical science. You need a PhD in design. You know, it's been one of my really? biggest... Yeah, it's been a really interesting mind game for me that for me to be really recognised and really successful, I need to, you know, be as... Um, traditionally and hierarchically recognized in this as I was in my previous field, which is quite an interesting kind of mind jump that I've given myself. How do you feel about that now? It's rubbish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's rubbish. Um, so part of it was for me, one of the challenges wasn't just um, getting officially trained, um, which I, you know, you really need to be. Um, but it was also, it was money and time. Like I didn't, couldn't just walk away from a career that supported me and my kids. Um, and then eventually my now husband, like I had to, you know, I had to work out how I could tear it off. I had to work out how I could start to build a business as well as a nest egg so I could taper off one, start the other and have a buffer. It was very much like a titrated process. Okay. How did you do that? With a plan, three-year plan. So like, okay, three-year plan. Do, is this an actual, you sat down and wrote yeah, this yeah, plan out? Yeah, absolutely. If it's not written, it's not real. Okay. And, and so, yeah, wrote it out. So these were the things I would need to do. Um, this is how much money I'd need to save up to last me a certain amount of time while the new business got traction. And this is how I could taper off in okay. the other. Okay. How did you actually get your first customer? Do you know what? Um, <laughs> my first ever customer, I remember the day that they called. So randomly, because we all know how hard SEO is and being up on Google's page, randomly I had a website and I had a website up and I was driving out of my street and I reached the top of the hill and my phone rang and I pulled over to answer it and it was someone who randomly found my website, called me and asked me if I could do work for them. Random, hey. Uh, yeah. Um, how much work had you done prior to that? On, on, on like, How long had you been 
trying to get a customer, I suppose, before that. Um, and, and what had you been doing like, in terms long. of marketing? I hadn't been trying for long. Right. I hadn't been trying for long. Um, and what had I been doing? Yeah, like in terms of marketing. Um, At that point, very little. At that point, very, very little marketing. So I feel like it was kind of a universal intervention um, that, that gave me that kind of... Um, that confidence, that reassurance, that sign that you're heading in the right direction and and just keep going. Yeah, because yeah, right then, at that point in time, it, it wasn't really a business at all yet because no. no one had given you any money. No. Yeah, okay. So what? how did that conversation go? Like on the phone, can you take us there? Like, I want to tell that story. There was lots of like, there was lots of like foot banging, you know, in the car going, oh my God, someone call me, someone call me, someone call me. Um, and then there was there was an external dialogue and there was an internal dialogue without doubt. Yeah. Um, so the internal dialogue was like, what do I say? What do I say? What do I say? What am I meant to say? Um, and there was internal dialogue at that time, to be honest, of um, this isn't me. I'm not this. I can't do this because I had been in the one profession doing the one thing since I left school. Like that's a really long time. And it, it, and the external dialogue went with the, I need a ham with my property. I saw your services on the internet. And I was like, great. You know, how, um, what sort of assistance do you need? Tell me more about the job. They're like, look, we've looked at your packages. We think this one's a good one for us. I'm like, fantastic. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, fantastic. Um, when would you like me to visit site? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then it was just a case of, you know. It just rolled. Yeah. You still, you just keep working at uni, doing I your. keep working late at nights. And then late I at nights. I work on weekends. Yeah. Absolutely. And people, uh, the calls just coming in through phone or, or through email for people finding they, you on, on. They were just coming in through email. Right. Generally, so I'd get home at night or of an afternoon and I'd clock on to my other self. So I'd take my lecturer hat off and I'd put my designer hat on and I'd clock on and off I'd go. After four years of balancing her old career and her new one, Naomi was finally in a position to commit to her new life full time. She's remained committed to a new direction ever since, though her career trajectory has been anything but a straight line, with lots of twists and turns and pivots and new projects along the way. Mum struggles now. So people say to mum, what's Naomi doing now? And she'll go, I don't really know. You know, I don't really know. When people come to you or people ask you at a party, like, what do you do? How, 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 what do you, how do you answer them? It's so interesting because it's a bit like my mum. At times I've struggled. Um, and that's because what... Like I, I am a designer and I am a stylist and I am a renovator um, and I, you know, speak, I present, I teach, I train, I do lots of things. And from 10 years ago to now, my business has had so many pivots and so, so many changes um, in the same space, but pivoting and changing and pivoting and changing based on market needs, based on market climate, based on what I thought I wanted. And then I achieved it and I went, oh no, that's not what I want to pivot again. You know, there's, it's like, I find my business journey, um, it is definitely a trajectory, but in the middle of it, there's like multiple, multiple, like dozens of tiny pivots like brand new little startups inside a new direction a new twist so if someone asked me right now what do you do I create amazing spaces 
I help others do so, I inspire others to do so, and I teach others to do so. That's what I do. One of Naomi's many ventures is a digital video series, Renovi, in which viewers can catch a behind-the-scenes glimpse of Naomi and her team working on all kinds of renovation projects. So the motivation behind Renovi was that I truly believe, as you know, that we can all renovate our life. Like we can renovate life by renovating the spaces around us. And there's so much that I do as part of my everyday world that can help teach and inspire others to do so. Whether it's dyeing your tea towels for a new season, whether it's creating a garden wall, whether it's knocking down the back like we're going to be at this office, whatever it is, it's a level of renovating life. We've been doing it for quite a few years now. Has it, has it been really good for the business? Like, have you seen, has it been helping bring in, what, what is the like goal of it? It's to bring in new customers, right? Well, the goal of it is um, brand, brand awareness. And for me, everything's about know, like, and trust. And some clients will come to me because they would have heard me speak or they would have watched one of my videos where I mentioned the impact of space or they might see one of the rooms that I've renovated and, and feel that, you know, they feel that impact. Like it's a tangible feeling that you get as a physical, physiological change in your body that you feel. It's like when you drive up to the beach and you see the waves crash, you get a surge. And when you create truly amazing spaces that your audience or your clients can connect to, they get that surge, you know. What are the plans? Do you feel good with where you're at today? Or, or are your ambitions much, much, much grander? They're much, much, much grander. Good answer. Without doubt. Like they're big, scary big sometimes. Do you want to talk about it? Do I want to talk about it? Well, I once had a really wise man tell me that when, you know, when you share your visions, um, there's a level of accountability. My, my visions for my business are big and exciting and I made a commitment 12 months ago to only do what I love in business. So it really has twisted and pivoted my trajectory. Um, so 12 months ago I went, regardless of whether I don't mean income or not, I will only do things I love. And I spent 12 months doing that and loved it. And the energy and vibe I had for business after sort of that eight year mark where you can get a bit itchy feety, um, was amazing and so my focus now is like right how am I going to monetize that how am I going to create a business that will let me continue to do that for another decade just what I love so I have yeah I have huge plans um, I am going to continue to grow um, and develop the Weathered to Wonderful and Farms to Fortune brand, which is all about helping people look at what they already have and how to bring life and love and happiness to that, as well as helping our regional communities um, take a lot of their buildings and outhouses and old halls through looking at it with the right lens from, from what might be derelict to income generating. So that's one big goal. And the other big goal is to take my textiles and homewares range 
to hotels all through Asia? You've, you've got a lot of different, you've, there's lots of projects. Yeah, I love a project and I love projects that make people feel good. Um, uh, is there anything that you want to talk about that's important that we haven't touched on? And we probably haven't touched on a lot because you've, there's a lot going on. Because I talk a lot? No, no, no. <laughs> there's a, you've got a lot going on in your business. Um, um, as much as I'd love to cover it, it'll be take about six hours probably. Yeah. Look, I think in, in work, in life, in home, in workplace, in properties you own, be brave enough to believe you deserve and can have a beautiful environment that is perfectly imperfect for you. I think that's my big thing. It's not about Instagram perfection. It is about what is perfectly imperfect for you. And when you have that space around you, when you surround yourself in that environment that fills your cup, that empties your stress cup when you need it, that increases your creativity and your productivity, like that is when you are in to you know, you're supporting yourself to be as in flow as possible. And there are, if you can't do it, there are people all around the country that can help you. A huge thank you to Naomi Finlay for taking the time to speak with me. You can see the full, enormous list of Naomi's projects on her website, naomifinlay.com. This episode was produced by me, Adam Spencer, and edited by Andy Jones. Music by Lee Rosevere, full attribution on the Welcome Today One website. If you'd like to support the show, please consider leaving us a review or supporting us on Patreon. A big thank you to some of our existing patrons, Brian Hill, Murray Herps and Pat O'Flaherty. Your support really helps to make these stories possible. Thank you. I'm Adam Spencer. Thanks for listening.